This is the Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Are you struggling to find success betting sports? Tired of empty promises and scams handicapping services? Wondering why Vegas sports books become richer and richer and how you could win on sports too? This podcast is what the sports investing industry truly needs an insider look into proven successful strategies. Z Code Podcast is your crash course in sports investing that destroys popular misconceptions and provides invaluable sports prediction analysis tools that you can download for free. We outline insider winning systems from experts that make a living through sports investing and explain how you can do it too. Armed with the best tools in the industry and a proper mindset, sustaining profits is easier than ever before. Welcome to Z Code Podcast. Hey guys, it's Scott here from Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. And I am so glad that you joined us today. And on the show, we have a really exciting interview coming up. Today with me on the call is Mark, a legendary sports investor, a sports writer, a diehard Devils fan, and he's also one of the founding fathers of Z Code. So let's tap into his head and, and try to find out a little bit more about how to become a successful sports investor. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. We want to thank you for being on the call with us today. Very excited to have you and to kind of pick your brain. Uh, of course, you are pretty well known in the industry, but for those who are just starting out, could you take a minute and just tell us a few words about yourself and where you're from? Uh, sure. I um, grew up in New Jersey. I've since moved down south. I started out just kind of writing for a friend's online newspaper. Grew from there. I soon had a bunch of websites I was writing for, and uh, eventually I found my way to Z Code. I've been publishing my picks for about seven years now, and uh, it's it's all come full circle, I guess. Well, I know that you live and breathe sports, and you've actually played most of them yourself during your college years. Could you tell us a little bit more about that part of your background? I mean, I heard you even played with major league stars like Rick Porcello. Yeah, um, Rick pitched at Seton Hall Prep, and I went to a small prep high school that played them in the summer. It was a Legion ball game. It meant nothing. It was a scrimmage. But uh, he came in to close it out, get an innings work. We had first and second. He blew two fastballs by me, and then I hit a jam job double to right center field and tied the game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I know that uh, you can be considered as one of the founding fathers in the Zico community. Um, you said earlier, I think you've been there like seven years posting your picks. Uh, you were there when it was just a small group on Facebook. Since then, the Zico community has grown into such a huge and well-respected international community of sports investors, far cry from the Facebook page that it was. But you've witnessed all this growth firsthand with your own eyes. Could you tell us a little bit more about what you think of the evolution of the Z Code and community? Oh, man, it's been amazing. I, uh, I was not expecting this when I first signed on. When we started out, it was, uh, I guess it was a, over three years ago, just a Facebook <laughs> screenshot of a computer algorithm I didn't really understand and uh, we were just posting daily picks trying to build the community and get enough of a following going uh, I, I think the key here has just been that the right people got involved I mean uh, the people running it have developed the community it's very close I uh, 
I'm amazed every time uh, I wake up in the morning and I go on that website and uh, check out all the comments and all the people communicating with me and how uh, friendly and open this community has become. It's all about winning together and following each other's advice and being the bookies as a team. And when you have this many people working together, I think success is inevitable when you have the right people involved. And uh, it, it's been quite a progression from where we started. Every Every now and again, you get the upgrades and the lab building on any suggestions we have. I remember there was a time on Zico where you weren't allowed to post until the line was good to go. And we were in an international community. It's infeasible that you can get everybody to get their thoughts on a game. I said something to Mike, and the next day, the entire interface had changed, and we were ready to go. And I could post my initial thoughts without the line, and then I could come back to it. And you had so many little issues pop up with something like this that were addressed so quickly and so with such innovation. It was an amazing, amazing journey. And now I think everything is about as close to perfect as you can be. There are so many systems and so many experts and so many brilliant insights going on in the, from the game picks all the way to those individual forums we run. It's been amazing. I never saw this coming. Well, I know you've been a big contributor to it and a big help, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have been grateful for everything that you've done for them in the Zico community. Uh, we won't have to name names or anything, but I'm just curious if, if there's some guys that came along kind of that were noobs that you've watched really grow into this and, and become pretty successful at it. Do you, do you get those thank you emails every now and then? And <laughs> I do. I had a couple people – who followed me over to Z Code when uh, when I started writing exclusively for Z Code, um, mm -hmm. and, and they went from following this random internet publication with me when I was you know 18 years old, and they followed me over to this professional and important and uh, well structured group. So I, I've gotten emails all the time. Um, I recently had a death in the family, and I can't tell you how many people reached out to me. It's amazing. So uh, I wouldn't call them noobs necessarily, but the uh, level of sophistication has changed. Uh, I remember Greek, when he first started out, would have open conversations with me about game picks and how we were going to pick them. And now the guy's running his own forum, going back and forth with me with predictions. Uh, we filter our ideas through each other. Uh, he was someone that I think that my school of analysis directly applied to what he began to do at Z Code. And uh, the results have been amazing and kind of speak for themselves. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. Well, I know that many years ago you started, you were saying, as a sports writer to different magazines and internet sites preparing your previews and write-ups. Let's talk a little bit about the differences. And I don't know if you're going to say they're subtle or they're great, but between being a sports writer and being a profitable sports investor. Because I know a lot of guys who, are, who, who write amazing previews and they really know their sports and they really know all the stats and they know the trends, but they actually at times fail miserably when they start betting uh, because their advice might be, interesting to read and it might be accurate but it really has nothing to do with making money on sports so tell us a little bit about how you made that transition and become a successful better coming from that sports writing industry i think that last part is uh is crucial i think sports writing is all about convincing people you know what you're talking about sounding intelligent you know reading into statistics that sound exciting the analysis for the game is more about getting people interested in what you have to say and keeping them on your page than it is about actually winning. I think there's a lot of people out there who can manipulate statistics and make it sound like they're winning, 
they can analyze the game in such a way that you think they know what they're talking about and can't fathom them possibly letting you down, and then they do. Um, for me, sports writing was about pissing people off, to be honest with you. I was paid by the click. Um, as long as I kept it intelligent, I was trying to say the more aggressive things I could say. I remember crashing the website when I made my prediction that the Bruins would beat the Canucks because I just laid out 10 <laughs> bullet points on why. And one of them was I blame the Canucks fans. They're going to put too much pressure on them. Uh, this building's going to suck <laughs> all the energy out. Uh, there's going to be a riot in the streets afterwards. And when they lost and they rioted in the streets, uh, I had a lot of apologies. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, it's all about uh, antagonizing people and getting people excited about reading what you have to say. And, and it's not necessarily about the proper insights to the game. And a lot of times, you know, here's my pick. It isn't articulated in the proper way to get people interested in coming back, even if you win. With Z-Code, it's more results-oriented for sure. I mean, um, the system is there, the structure is there. I still think I write colorfully and have some fun with it. But uh, for the most part, it's it's about getting the results. And I think that there are a few people who can get you the results and also keep you interested. And the Internet's more about sensationalizing the people that will keep you interested and not necessarily the people that will win you money. As long as you're clicking, they're happy. They're making their money. They don't care. They don't have money on the game half the time. Yeah, so it sounds like with sports writing, you definitely can be emotional and have favorites and push buttons, but that better not be the way you play when it comes to betting. Can't really be emotional with betting. Uh, I, I make one exception to that, and that's with my Devils. And I guess I got lucky with that because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I picked the right team to have my emotions tied to long term. Well, you've been creating systems for different sports by MLB, NHL, and NFL uh, are by far your favorites i know but i know you first started with flat picks i mean fixed unit size but later started to apply uh, abc progressions can you tell us a little bit more about your style yeah i mean um the flat betting was never like uh you know one unit straight every time but it was never a chase progression i wouldn't bet you know three games in a row with baseball i would just bet the games i liked i think with with hockey, I started out betting literally every single game. I thought it was kind of screwed up to publish a pick and not have my own money backing it. But there were times where I'd have as little as $5 on that game. So um, I've definitely come a long way with the bankroll management and everything. It's a, just a more sophisticated system now. Hockey is still just flat bets, but it's uh, it's much more meticulously monitored. And uh, I mean, this year we won 23 units. Uh, before switching over to baseball like it was nothing and uh everything's been around a half unit type of bet i don't usually throw those big uh hammers down with baseball we were winning i mean i had a, a 20 unit season and a 13 unit season but trey finally convinced me to start using progressions and then we hit 99 percent of them so i guess it was a good move when you have wow. that statistical edge and you're looking at the game and you say, you know what, I think this team is going to win all three of these games and they have all the advantages in my system that are important to me, the odds of them getting swept are so low. You have to analyze the game completely wrong and you have to have some terrible luck. So <laughs> we uh, switching that over, it's been a nice, consistent profit stream that kind of supplements my original system. I still have my little AB doublers and my flat bets that are both in profit uh, the last three years, but 
adding 99% hitting progressions has been really nice. I had a tremendous season last year. It was uh, by far the most profitable sports season I've ever had, uh, up around 40 units. Yeah, it does sound really nice. <laughs> uh, let's go back and touch on the uh, the exception to your rule, the Devils. Uh, I'm afraid it's obvious that they're not going to get to go to the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, but betting the Devils has been very profitable for you. You said you got lucky there. But what, what was the idea on your approach there? Um, you've got a small market team sandwiched between between some of the biggest hockey markets there are. Um, when the Atlantic Division was structured the way it was all those years, you had games against the Rangers and the Flyers and the Penguins. The whole world thinks the Penguins are going to go undefeated every year. Uh, public money just destroys them. The Rangers have Wall Street money. The Flyers have Philadelphia money. And then cut up in that triangle, you have my little New Jersey Devils. No real superstars, just kind of thrown in there. I never bet against them now because i still think they could beat anybody with that possession system they run but back then i was betting on them every single game and varying my unit size with confidence we back tested it with z code and if you would bet one unit on every game for two years before they had that uh that horrible jacques lemaire <laughs> and mclean season uh the two years leading up to that if you bet one unit on every game for the devils you were up 28 units you factor in the fact that i watch every single devils game and follow that team uh, like nothing else, and I'm so familiar with their rivals and how the games play out, we vary that confidence and we increase it even more. So, I mean, over two years, you were pretty much putting uh, 1500 bucks in your pocket just betting the Devils every time. Um, wow. The new system, the new NHL with this new four-division structure, uh, I don't know that that kind of market value is there. Um, the problem with the Devils has always been offense, and they could beat anybody but they could lose to anybody because they don't score. You know, down the stretch, they were fighting for a playoff spot and lost to the Sabres and the Islanders. I mean, that's just who they are. So uh, when you mix in that lower level of competition and those more friendly lines and everything gets a little tighter with the Devils, uh, I don't know that it would still backtest the same way it did. Um, again, we've evolved a little bit to a more sophisticated style. Betting the Devils every game was something that uh, – a 21-year-old fan did for fun yeah. and just kind of brought it over and was mathematically successful, so it stuck. Now I pick the games where I think they'll win, and if I think they might lose, I, I just don't bet against them. So it's, it's been a uh, an interesting evolution there, too. But when you put that a team that's made the playoffs so many years in a row and is so consistently talented into a market where they're underdogs in every game, eventually it's going to pay out for you. So uh, that was a system that we built up. Uh, I did it on my own. I just never wanted to bet against my team. I hate that feeling. Um, <laughs> and Zico backtested for me and they said, you know what, this actually has some science to it. Let's run with this. Oh, you are diehard. <laughs> you, you think Martin Brodeur will retire? Oh, man. Um, I kind of hope Martin Brodeur retires. He uh, He's... Seems to be diminishing in skill. I can't picture him playing for another team, and I can't picture him accepting a role as a backup on this one. Uh, you know, down the stretch, he made a lot of comments that uh, I didn't really enjoy, and I thought he was kind of messing with team chemistry while the season was still alive, you know, complaining about playing time and this and that. I, I was disappointed, I think. But uh, I still think he can play. I think he would be a nice... 25-game backup platoon goalie for Corey Schneider. I just don't think he wants that. 
and I hate the idea of him playing in another jersey. So I'd like to see him walk away confident and happy and in good standing with the fans, but uh, I don't really know what's going to happen here. I'd like to see him come back, honestly. I'd like to see him be our starting goalie. He's my childhood hero, but I think uh, I think the run is nearing its end. Go out on a high note. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's dive into MLB. I know you prepared a great detailed season preview, which we featured in the first episode of our podcast, but let's hear from you now. What are the teams that you expect to be most profitable in bet on and bet against categories? I think it's tough. I think that uh, there is a ton of parity in the MLB this year, and uh, those teams that you traditionally could very consistently just systematically pick against aren't really there. I mean... um, you know, the White Sox have sale, and uh, it, the pitching there can upset you on any game, and they're actually hitting the ball right now. The Marlins have two top-notch pitchers. It, it gets dangerous when you go up against somebody who can completely shut you down, and then that minor league lineup behind them can drive in a couple runs and win the game. So uh, it, I think it's a dangerous season to just pick out teams to bet against every time. Um even the Astros have a couple arms that I get nervous betting against, but I do think the Astros on the road are usually a, a pretty safe bet, especially if they're against a good team. Uh, right now, Vegas is still kind of feeling out the lines. You usually only have to pay 2-1 to one to get the Astros on the road against a good pitcher. So uh, we've been hammering that so far to some pretty good success. I think that the, the better teams in the league are kind of chopped up too. I think the Yankees have a ton of value right now. The way they're pitching and the way the lineup has come together with all those new pieces uh, – They've kind of cruised to the top of that division despite some early uh, inconsistency. And they're, uh, they're playing great baseball right now. I think they're going to win that division. And I think there's going to be some value in them. The over-under for wins was only like 90 uh, to start the season. So I have some money on that. I think the Dodgers are a great team. Uh, when Kershaw comes back, they're going to be real hard to beat. They're getting healthy. But the whole world thinks the Dodgers and the Yankees are good teams. It's kind of like betting the Penguins. You know, you're going to get... Uh, the Penguins in the NHL, obviously, you're going to get such yeah. uh, limited value from your bets uh, when the whole public is pushing that line and the Dodgers are just not sus- expected to lose because they're so great. But they have their weaknesses, too. You know, the, the bullpen, I don't think, is that phenomenal. I think the lineup is kind of checkered and you've got some inconsistent hitters over there. They can go through those funks and they can cost you a lot of money. So it's uh it's a dangerous year for that systematic progression. It's all about matching up where the rotations are and what teams are playing who and where we've got a pretty regimented systematic like uh, approach to this where we have key parameters that i like to go with and i just filter through and uh if it fits the majority of them we go um and i have to sit down and say i think this team will win all three of these games in a row before i launch any abc bets because if you get into trouble like that with such parity in baseball. I mean, who saw the Brewers going on the run they did right now? If you were betting against them, you lost a ton of money. So it's a dangerous uh, it's a dangerous season. There's a lot of parity, and I think this season's going to shake out. You know, even like the traditional powerhouses like the Cardinals have, have lost pieces. Beltran's on my Yankees now. Um, it's, a, it's a dangerous year to just sit down and say, these are the best teams, these are the worst teams. Anytime they play each other, ABC for a hammer. You know, you, you can't do it. Yeah, and a lot of different approaches. There's a lot of great strategies that were talked about in the Z-Code Sports Investing Bible. Can you tell us a little bit more about that book? Because you helped co-write it and edit it. Oh, that was that was a blast. I um, 
I contributed my system for baseball. That was actually right around when we had that great season. I took all the submissions from a bunch of international contributors from our Zeke co-community. They were laying out how they were making their money, but it wasn't necessarily in the greatest English in the world. Um, So I got to go through all of their secrets to success and everything that we were publishing as a team, edit it, make it all sound nice and smooth, and and go through all their, their charts and their strategies and their personal stories about how they got to the way they bet and why it's successful and uh, put it into one uh, one Bible. It was it was a ton of fun to write. It was a great experience going through all this. I learned a lot about our Z-Code members, and uh, I got to share my system uh, about filtration uh, for baseball using all our parameters and the computer algorithm and putting it together as one big, cohesive sports betting book. I, I had so much fun writing that. Well, I'm pretty new to sports betting and sports investing, and there's a lot of information. What you're offering here today, a lot in the community, a lot with the software, so much that it can almost at times seem a little scary or overwhelming. So I'm really curious about asking this question to you. So if you're just starting out like me, all those things that might be a little bit complicated or scary at first, what are the first steps that you would give to me uh, or tips to a newbie who who wants to become profitable, who wants to learn fast, but not go too fast and blow it all. If I can learn from your experience and maybe some of your mistakes, <laughs> and I don't have to blow multiple bankrolls myself, how would you kind of guide a new guy, a new friend that's entering into this? For me, it's all about discretion and discipline. The people who lose are the people who stray from that mathematical long-term approach. When I ran into any trouble I've ever run into, it's because you try to get it all back into one night. And I think the uh, the young problem gambler chases his losses and just can't accept the idea of one night where he lost 500 bucks. Whereas today, I'll sit down and go, well, that was a terrible day. Tomorrow, I'm going to start again. I trust my approach, and I will get this all back by the end of the week or month or whatever. And I think it's all about managing your bankroll. You can't play with money you couldn't afford to lose. It's the same as stocks. It's the same as any investment you'll ever make in your life. You have to be able to accept the up and down spikes of the long-term upward trend of your profits. There are days where you lose. It's a part of sports. You know, Somebody makes an error in the bottom of the ninth or they score a goal. This playoff I lost on a goal that was scored with six-tenths of a second left. It's amazing the way sports can take proper analysis and rip it away from you. But it's all about that long-term approach and managing your money. When I started out, I was a college kid. I didn't really have much of a disposable income. I was making bets that the max bet I probably laid out was 50 bucks. I was making as small as $5 a game. I had other sources of income that were related to sports with all the writing I was doing. I built up a bankroll, and now I'm able to use the proper money management systems. Z-Code runs out. So as long as you're committed to that long-term approach, it is really hard to wipe out a legitimate bankroll. I mean, uh, nobody loses in sports going, wow, I can't believe my luck. I've lost 87 games in a row, and now I'm down $10,000. It just doesn't happen, um, especially when you're involved in a community like this. The problem is you lose three or four in a row, and then you put giant bets out, and then you lose eight or nine in a row, and your bankroll is gone, and you have no rent check that week. <laughs> you know the, the people who are running into trouble 
are not the people that are sticking to our system and our money management approach, and they just don't have the long-term goals. So even if you want to pick it up quick, you got to say, you know, I want to win eventually. You can't say, I want to win right now. There's no get-rich-quick scheme that'll ever work in anything. As for the community, I think there are so many talented, proven experts who have been here for so long. Everything's published. Everything's out there. There's so much to pick up on. I have nothing to hide. You know, I I love the newbie who comes up to me and goes, "Hey, Mark, what does <laughs> what does a flat bet mean? What does it mean when you say one unit pays 0.8 units?" Um, I like the idea of taking these people under my wing and just walking them through it and winning together. I think there's so much more joy in it for me to share it with the community than to just do it on my own. It, it makes it feel like less of a <laughs> less of a horrible feeling when you're winning and losing together. You're not alone. You know, it's a it's a team beating the bookie, this evil bookie who's somewhere out there. I love that feeling, and I think that you have a lot of experts like me and Trey who are out there with the goal in mind of keeping this community continually learning and getting better. I've had people who started out by following my picks now they publish their own picks but they're still here because uh they feel like they can pay it forward now and bring on the next newbie and just the cycle continues and we all win together and it's it's nice to have that feeling that we've built something important i think that uh if i was just starting out i my my advice would be just make sure you have this money to commit to this investment with a long-term approach in mind do not be trying to make all your money in one shot it will not happen even if you're following the greatest handicappers in the world that is simply too volatile and too risky if you have that approach and you have the bankroll to follow some kind of consistent money management strategy with those long-term goals uh, apply it to your favorite experts on the forum your favorite systems listen to the guys who walk through their picks and write up analysis each time and explain to you why they've made that pick not just that they're making that pick this isn't some email service where it's like hey put you know ten thousand dollars on the dodgers tonight this is about you know growing together and i think that you could pick up so much from the people who have done it for so long the gamblers who get in trouble are the ones who can't keep that longevity and, and stay committed to it you lose money in big shots in this your bookie gets a 5% cut. He gets 10% off your losses. That's uh, that's not enough to sustain him if you're winning. He's banking on you getting in trouble, losing a couple games, and you know hanging yourself. He gives you the rope, and you'll take it out. It, you don't want to chase your losses. It's all about discretion, and it's all about avoiding that trendy pick and, and just following blindly. You have to follow your experts that will teach you. Follow their system precisely, learn from them, and keep that money management and long-term approach. And I don't think it's possible to empty a bankroll following our system at the Zico community. Well, after hearing that, I don't know how any noob would not want to join this community and be a part of it. Uh, everybody is so helpful there. Everybody is so transparent. I'm so glad you emphasized that, Mark, that this is not a get-rich quick scheme that anybody's trying to sell you on, but you got to approach this thing with long-term vision on investing in it. Mark, thanks so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. You offered a lot of great information. It's obviously you really know your stuff, and I look forward to having you back on a future episode of the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, guys. I just wanted to take a minute and let you know that I really love making this podcast and interviewing these guests. And I want to ask a favor of you to make sure that this show is as great to listen to for you as it is to make for me. 
If there is a specific topic about Z-Code or sports betting that you want us to address on one of our upcoming podcasts, or maybe even a sports investor that you would like to hear an interview with, I need to know about that. Please go over to iTunes, leave us hopefully a good review, and in that review, tell us what you'd like to hear more of on this show. We are putting this show together to help you become the best sports investor you can be, and we really want and need your input. So do me that favor. Go over to iTunes and do it right now. It'll only take a minute. That's going to help this show grow in popularity. That's going to help us know what you are wanting to hear on the show. That's going to help get the word out. And this community is only going to continue to grow and to get better. And it's a win for everybody. And that's what we're here for is to make winners. See you in the next episode and have a fantastic day. Thanks for tuning in.